it wasn't until I came to Canada that I was awakened to the fact of having to establish a, an identity based on my, at that time, it would have been my race. And I was terribly confused racially. Where do I go? And it had a deep effect on me, those initial, those beginnings. And I thought to myself, I'm going to build a career in human resources because I'd like to help. I wouldn't want other people who are newcomers to Canada to go through what I'm going Welcome to episode 26 of Intercultural Insiders. My name is John McGraw, and I help newcomers, expats, and businesses connect across cultures to succeed in less time and pain. I am the founder of Yaku Coaching, which is dedicated to helping you create your pathway to success in a new culture. The purpose of Intercultural Insiders is to share the stories of people with intercultural experiences. So if you're feeling isolated or lost, you can hear something from the guest's experiences that could help you, even if it's just a reminder that you're not alone. Today is part one of the interview with Rosemarie Fernandez. Rosemarie is a certified coach who lives out her life's purpose through her company, Coaching Works. She facilitates individuals to discover their inner resources, so that they may fulfill their lives to create a legacy of their choice. We know each other because we're both alumni of the Leading and Coaching Across Cultures program, which is facilitated by Philip Rosinski. He's a pioneer on connecting coaching with intercultural studies and intercultural connection and theory. The course is based on his two books, Coaching Across Cultures and Global Coaching. And what I really like about the books and about the courses. It helps coaches to connect their clients' challenges and skills and values to culture. And to clarify, what I mean culture, obviously the culture I tend to focus on quite a bit in this program is national culture, people connecting, coming to Canada, for example, or adapting to other cultures there. But it's important to understand that culture isn't just national culture. It can also mean corporate culture, professional culture, generational cultures. Once you understand the impact of culture on your values and preferences, you can leverage similarities and differences to act as a bridge between cultures. So I'm going to give one example of that from my own experiences that I've heard. Obviously, when I'm talking about cultural generalizations, we're avoiding stereotypes. But one thing that I've heard from the number of newcomers from India is that they're quite happy that in general, Canadian culture and business culture seems to value politeness. So many Canadians tend to be polite and very friendly. But the opposite side of that is that there is a tendency in Canadian business culture for many managers to be so polite that when they're making requests or giving feedback that I've heard the words being used as it's sugar-coated. So it's Sometimes it's very hard to pick up the actual message 
for people who are not used to that method of communicating in a less direct manner. And on the other hand, my understanding in Indian business culture is that direct communication is valued when giving feedback. The message is clear, but from another side, if you employ that to someone who's used to the less direct way of communicating in the Canadian business culture, being that direct can lead to hurt feelings and sometimes a real impact on morale. And yes, Judy, I'm seeing that comment about sandwiches, the sandwich feedback. Yes. The sandwich technique is in Canada, that less direct way of giving feedback in a softer way, but sometimes it's a little more difficult to understand. Now, the reason I bring that up is that once you're aware of these differences in the culture, and you also understand why that in the Canadian business culture, being approachable and being friendly is important. It's considered something that's valued in managers and leaders. And then you can explore ways of employing other approaches and use them as tools. So it doesn't necessarily mean changing who you are or what you value the most, but it's realizing those differences, what your own cultural preferences and biases are, and how you can find what works best for you. And ideally, you can even become a bridge between cultures. So helping to adjust things to better suit different approaches, different cultures, whether it's national culture, generational, professional cultures, corporate cultures. When you think of it in that way, it really has an impact. And so this is why I'm so excited to have Rosemary here to talk about her coaching work that she does, because we are aligned in very similar ways. Rosemary, in fact, has recently done a number of great posts about the cultural dimensions that show up in the cultural orientation framework, which is one of the tools that is used in leading and coaching across cultures that we're both certified in. So in the conversation with Rosemary today, she talks about her experiences growing up in a multicultural environment. And yes, you'll hear quite a bit about that and how varied it really is. And her transition from HR into coaching and also a, a guidebook that she has written, The 26 Pathways to a Life My Way. With that said, we can start with part one of the interview with Rosemary. Rosemary, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thank you, John, for inviting me on your program. I feel truly honored. And you want to know a little bit about me? There's actually lots to know about me. So I'd have to summarize it all. I am a professional certified coach. And I recently completed a certification program in a cultural orientation framework, which is an assessment tool. It was actually a dream come true for me. I had been following Philip Brzezinski for several years the author of Leading and Coaching Across Cultures. And I'd been wanting to work in the field of interculturalism, multiculturalism, diversity, and so on. And I guess that's what got me introduced to you, John. And that's one of the reasons why I'm here. Yes, that's right. We're both alumni of Rosinski's program about leading and coaching across cultures. We met through one of the alumni gatherings, bringing culture into coaching is something that's very exciting, which is another reason why I wanted to have this conversation with you today. 
as you said, you have so many things to talk about. I'd like to get into some more in-depth exploration of some of your background and what it is that you do. And you have a rather interesting, diverse background when it comes to culture. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about some of your earliest experiences with cross-cultural connections, communication, and so on. Thank you. Yes, I do. My name, Rosemary Fernandez. My baptism certificate says Rosa Maria. And one would think I'm from South America or Spanish-speaking, but my origins are from South India, from Goa. I'm probably down the centuries from Vasco da Gama, who visited India and established a Portuguese colony on the West Coast. And so it turns out that I was born in India because my maternal family lives there. But I grew up in Pakistan on the other side of the border. And that's how the British divided us. I have a British education and living in Pakistan, I was also, we call it over here in Canada, we refer to visible minorities. But over there, more than visible, I think I was an audible minority because my mother tongue is English. And I had to learn the local language, which is Urdu. And so I speak it and Hindi from India. And Goa is now a no man's land. It's part of India. And so my country background is a mixture of the, I would say, South Asian with a bit of Mediterranean coming with the Goan influence religiously too. These are all the explicit details. I'm not Hindu and not Muslim. I'm Christian, but I was exposed to all these religions growing up as a child. And to me, it was just part of everyday life. And the very first school I went to as a kid, it's strange that I was a minority in my own city, in my own country in Karachi, Pakistan, because all the expat kids came there. And so I met kids from all over Europe and Africa and the United States. It never, ever occurred to me, that the world could be divided by race, culture, religion, or those explicit factors. We were all friends. I grew up with them. So to me, the world was very inviting. I thought, oh, I'm going to see all these places. If they can come to my country, I can go to their country. And we could never, John Lennon says, imagine the world as being all one. You know, and I grew up loving the Beatles. So those words ring in my ears all the time. And it wasn't until... I came to Canada that I was awakened to the fact of having to establish a, an identity based on my, at that time, it would have been my race. And I was terribly confused racially. Where do I go? I was raised thinking I had this Portuguese heritage, which is white, but then I had a Pakistani passport and I was born in India. It was all very confusing for me. And so I came in under the broader category of being a visible minority. And I always thought I had a British education. And it was an awareness to me that I don't speak English with a British accent. Therefore, it's not going to be easy for me to find a job. And it had a deep effect on me, those initial, those beginnings. And I thought to myself, I'm going to build a career in human resources because I'd like to help people like me. I wouldn't want other people who are newcomers to Canada to go through what I'm going through. And uh, it was a good decision because it's my passion. And I got a great job being uh, the human resource director, specifically to introduce multiculturalism at that time to the organization. And I really dived into it. I delved into it. And it was very exciting. 
And then I went away to take care of my mom in Pakistan. So I was out of the country for 16 years, nine of which I lived in Sri Lanka. And living in Sri Lanka, I worked in 11 different countries, all the way from Malaysia to Greece. I was teaching and having workshops and facilitating communication skills. So I got to understand people from deep down because communication is very personal and it can be also sensitive. And, and then I came back to Canada and I thought, I'm going to get into coaching. My history of being involved in multiculturalism, it all came back to me. And I thought, I'm going to go in the coaching sphere and I'm going to work with newcomers to Canada or immigrants, whatever words, but I prefer to say newcomers to Canada. And so I became a coach. I want to use some of the teachings from leading and coaching across cultures to bring it into organizations where once people realize that in the end, we're all one. And just because we may have visible differences or audible differences, our insights can be very similar. So once you get to know that, that sense of belonging and implosion, it starts to become enhanced. Oh, you're just like me. How come you're just like me? Or when we start to use the information from the assessment tool that I love, you find commonalities. So there's no one size fits all. And yesterday I posted on LinkedIn, the title was Cultural Orientation. It's not black nor white. And of course, there's a double entendre there. It's not black and white and it has nothing to do with color of your skin. So that's my story. And just yesterday, my one business coach, Judy, asked me, so why do you want to do this? What's your why? And really, my why as a coach is to help people evolve into higher levels of understanding of who they are so that they can create the legacies that they dream of. And there are people who want to know more. They want to be better human beings and they don't get the opportunity. I think I said a mouthful there. It really gives a good picture of your journey from where you started and all of these different experiences that shaped you. I've been an immigrant. I've had immigrant status all my life. Number one being that whether it was my grandparents or great-grandparents moved from the Portuguese colony to Karachi. So they came there as immigrants, ascension. And then you become a minority group. But I never ever saw myself growing up that way. I came to Canada just at 21, just walking into adulthood, right? I felt very comfortable, but I could see things changing. I sensed that I was a minority. You take my name and I'm different. And then, of course, there was the age where people from my community or even my classmates, they were going to America and England and Australia to study, and I had the same dream. But I got the opportunity to come to Canada as an immigrant because my paternal family lived here, but the paternal family were all my uncles and aunts. I came here without my parents. I came here solo, single, just by myself. And I had worked in personnel anyway before coming here. And I had an affinity because I always believe that people have more to offer than meets the eye. You have to tap into that. Somehow I was in pursuit of how do I tap into the inside of people so that they can be the best version of themselves. It came to me very early. And so when I built my career in HR, 
I moved out of it went very fast and went into organizational development and training. That is where I showed up as my best self. And that's what gave me 100% job satisfaction. So it was easy for me when I moved back to Pakistan to do the same kind of work. There was like a transition. Although I did go through a bit of a culture shock, but the culture shock was this, that when I lived there growing up, I was part of the everyday people. I was local. And when I returned from Canada there, I became an expat. So I had a different status. And then I lived in Sri Lanka and there was an expat there too. And somehow it gave me a position of privilege, just being an expat, which I did not really like. I wanted to be part of the people and everyday people. But I did this work in organizational development. And at that time, it was called training and workshops. But in the back of my head, it was always there that I'd really like to be a coach. And I wish I could find ways to uplift people. I would talk about the seven habits of highly effective people that Stephen Covey wrote. And you make new habits. It's all in the mind. You can change how you think. And I just wanted the tools to be able to do that. I was hungry for it. So when my mom passed away in in Karachi, I didn't have to think twice about staying there anymore. I knew I was coming back to Canada and I was going to become a coach. And I thought, I wonder if the universe direct me as to what my journey is going to look like. And I've learned so much about how minds are so powerful that if we only give it permission to do what it is we want. And also to get rid of labels. Toronto has one of the highest multicultural populations in the world. And I see it, I smile to myself, I'm in the subway. And because I've lived in so many countries, I'm very sensitive or audibly sensitive, if that's the correct way to say it. Yesterday in the subway, I could hear a couple laughing and talking and listening. And I thought, oh, they're from Bangladesh. They're speaking Bengali. Visibly, maybe I think they could be from any part of the world. But when they spoke the language, then I knew. And so I'm learning that you can't have judgment just based on the color of your skin or the way you speak English or people's religious beliefs, or you can't judge it because there's so much inside and if we were only to tap that and allow people to be their authentic selves, the world would be a better place. So I think all of us in this arena of coaching across cultures, it will make impact. Maybe one organization at a time or one person at a time, but it will have impact. And that's the kind of legacy I would like to leave. Your vision that you have for leaving the legacy and getting past categorizing people, these labels, as you said, to work with the inner self and focus on that. Perhaps you could say a little bit more about how is it that you coach others towards that mindset? So many words come to my mind as you ask me that question, John. I'm the eldest in my family. I have three other siblings and it was a very, I wouldn't say strict, but semi-strict Catholic upbringing and compassion and caring for others was instilled in me at a very young age. Not only for me as the eldest with my siblings, but generally in life. My parents did a lot of philanthropic work, caring for other people and they did work for the church and the convent, the schools down here where I live. And I saw pleasure in that. I saw pleasure. They were really my role models. And my first job that I took to qualify to come to Canada, I wanted to be a teacher, but 
they wanted people with office experience. So I went and did my short-term typing, got secretarial experience. And my boss, when I was coming to Canada, I was working in the personnel department. He said to me, you know, Rose, you stick with personnel. That's good for you. And for some reason, that got written, carved in stone. So that's what I did. I became an HR professional and I enjoyed every minute of it. I've had a very adventurous career because with that, I put bread and butter on the table when I traveled all these different countries and I worked. But I would say, and I say this very humbly, is that if you love what you do, nothing is like a challenge. And for me, interacting with another human being, somehow... I extend a bit of love there, no matter who they are, what they are. And so I don't want to sound like a Mother Teresa or something, not at all. But I genuinely love what I do. I love to see people bloom and open up and blossom. And I go, wow, I opened the lid there. and Look at what they're saying or what they're doing now, what they're making out of their lights. And I was doing this even before I got certified as a coach because I truly believe that every human being has so much more to offer the world and they stifle themselves for whatever reason. And uh, once they're given the opportunity to let it out and let it go, amazing things start happening. And that's what gave rise to me putting this little ebook together. It's a guidebook called The 26 Pathways to a Life My Way. And it emerged just one day. I thought, I got to write a post on LinkedIn. And I thought, I've written on E and F and G, like empathy and forgiveness and gratitude. Then I said, hey, wait a minute. Those are the letters of the alphabet. Why don't I do an E to Z little compendium? And I put a little thing together. It's a reflection. It has story. It has guidelines. And then you sit down and answer these questions so you can clear pathways for yourself. E is for authenticity. How can I be more authentic? Clear the path. B is for boundaries. I need to set boundaries for myself. And so I just felt, yeah, each human being needs to clear their own pathways. And that way they can show up as the best version of themselves. And they can leave a legacy of their choice. That was part one of the conversation with Rosemarie. I can see from the comments that have been coming in, it's really impressed a lot of people too. And I just saw a question come in from Ishan. Ishan, I'm just going to bring that up on the screen here. And I think it's maybe a good one for Rosemarie to answer. So how can we communicate clearly without any nervousness? As a new immigrant, I find it really hard to gather the courage to interact with new people. Although if I get started, I have good communication skills. And Rosemary was already fast in with an answer. Ishani Sean, just do it. Fake it till you become it. I really like that answer. And others are coming in. Ishani Sean, talk with anyone and everyone you meet. See or come in contact with like Tim Hortons, public transportation, etc. Yes, and I remember Benit mentioning that as a tip when we first met and had a conversation as well. He's got a lot of interesting life experiences and things to bring in as, as well. From Doreen Fernandez, Ishan Ishan, practice makes perfect. And yes, Doreen knows what she's talking about, being an expert on interview skills and resumes. She's a coach that helps out with that, really knows her stuff. 
This is the real value of the show here. It's not only the conversations that I have here, but it's the interaction that's going on in the chat, which is part of the real value. This can be a hub in some ways for other people who are interested in the same topics to connect with each other. LinkedIn in particular is an excellent space for networking. So if this show can be a place where people can gather to ask each other questions, so much the better. Rosemary, learning a lot from everyone. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Also commenting, loving this platform of yours that allows all of us to interact with one another, learn from each other and grow together. Love it as well. Okay. And another message to Ishan, you have many here itself reaching out to you. This can be if you practice folks to talk with. Yeah, that's an excellent tip. Yes, Ishan, if you haven't already, start reaching out to some of these people here. They'll be happy to connect with you and, and practice time. Perfect time to network, perfect time to connect with people. Send out those connection requests. Don't be shy. Connect with each other. This is what this is all about. This is the thing that I love about the show, doing the show. The opportunity for me to talk with people I may not have the chance to normally. And for all of you to connect with each other and find ways to grow. Networking is so important in Canada. Let's talk about part two coming up next week with Rosemary Fernandez, Wednesday, May 17th at 12 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Looking forward to having all of you join as well. We'll get a bit more into how we use the cultural orientation framework to help clients, the value of diversity in the business world, not only in a humanitarian sense, but also from a, well, a profit sense. And also importance to Rosemary about helping others and leaving a legacy. So very excited to bring that to you. Looking forward to the same kind of interaction we've had today. I think this has been an extra special episode because of all of the networking that's been going on. So until then, keep navigating your way between cultures towards your goals. <laughs> <laughs>